question. And the question I like to ask is, so how can I pray for you? And as I've grown in my relationships with some people in this congregation, they're willing to be really honest and say, hey, these are things that I need to pray for me. But there are other people that when you ask that question, what you get is the deer in the headlight look. They are just scared. What does he think I want him to pray for? You know? It's an interesting question, isn't it? As we grow in relationships with other people, there should be those times in those relationships that we can kind of tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, how can I pray for you? What are the things that you want me to pray for? But what's more interesting than that is to take a look at some of the characters from the Bible, see what they wanted prayer for. So we have been studying the book of Ephesians, and we've gotten to know this Paul who wrote this incredible letter, who spent three chapters talking about just how great grace is, and all the different nuances to that grace. And then he started talking from there, he says, okay, now I want you to walk. Now that you know what grace is, I want you to to walk a certain way. And so from there he went on to say, this is how you're supposed to walk. And then he got done telling us how to walk, and he says, well, one more thing. I want you to stand. This is how I want you to stand. And this is why you should stand. And at the end of that, he says this. He says, pray for all the saints all the time with all kinds of prayers in everything. And he makes it really clear that we're supposed to be praying. But then he does this caveat. He tells us, Paul tells the people of Ephesus how he wants them to pray for him. I want you to pray for me. Now, you've got to remember where he's at. He's writing this letter from prison. He's calling himself an ambassador in chains. And he's saying, at the end of this, he's saying, this is how I want you to pray for me. And I, I take a look at this prayer and I think, you know, I've had a lot of people ask me to pray for a lot of things over the years. But rarely do I have anybody ask me to pray what Paul asked for. Let's take a look at that prayer. He wanted the ability to speak boldly. Now, he's in jail, and he's kind of excited about it, you know? Because he's really excited because he says it's an incredible opportunity. They always have these guards, and they have to guard me, and so they get to hear about Jesus. And then these people are curious about me, so they have to hear about Jesus. And they're sending me to Rome, and I get to meet before Caesar, and guess what? I get to tell them about Jesus. And so he's excited about this situation that he finds himself in, and this is what he prays. <coughs> he asks for this in prayer. Also for me, this is he's talking about prayer, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. He wants the ability to no matter where he is, to have the ability to speak boldly. Now, over my life, I've had some very interesting situations. There are certain biblical characters that I love, and there's certain Christian historical characters I love. And one of the historical characters that I love is Martin Luther. And I love that at one point in his life, he stood... And when he stood, he, there was a, a hymn that he wrote just before that that described him standing there, and it was, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. 
And it was all about him standing and standing for truth. And at the beginning of the Reformation, where all of a sudden, instead of being concerned about washing the dishes and all these other silly things that the church can get involved in and be concerned about, they got concerned about the gospel again. And the most amazing thing that I've ever heard is when I was in a Catholic church, they were singing, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. And I was just like, do they even know the history of this? The bold witness of a mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never changing, our shelter among the f- flood of mortal ills prevailing. It just kind of blew me away. But here you have Paul. And Paul could have asked for a lot of different things at this point in his life. He could have asked for nerf chains, you know, to make life a little bit easier. He could have asked for maybe the ability to not be in jail anymore. He could have asked for that. But instead, he just said, I I want you to pray that I can be bold. And in, in this, you find four ideas of what it means to be bold. And I want to take a look at the things that he's talking about. First of all, we say, we see that he has a willing mouth. Okay? Now, when I was a kid... I learned something very quickly as a teenager. It was best not to be bold at home or you'd never get to drive the car. And so I taught myself to keep my mouth shut, to not speak out when I had an opinion because that was wiser. And I trained myself in that. And and some of you can sometimes watch me and I have an opinion, but I don't always give the opinion. But that's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about being bold. I'm going to have a willing mouth. I'm going to have a mouth that's willing to speak the truth for God. When the missions teams came here over the last two weeks, that was one of the things that we talked about, is you're going to be passing out water with some of our neighbors here. And I'm hoping that at some point, the conversation will turn, and you'll be bold for the Lord, and you'll speak to the truth of who Jesus Christ is. And instead of talking about a cup of cold water for an Ironman athlete, you're going to be talking about the living water, which is Jesus Christ. But there has to be a willing. And i got to be honest with you and tell you that because of kind of how I'm wired, I can sometimes be a kind of a reluctant follower of Jesus Christ. I can be a kind of bold person for Jesus Christ. I can be bold in here. This is easy. It's easy to be bold here. But sometimes when I go out there and I'm in the meetings that I'm in and I'm interacting with the community as I do, it's not always easy to be bold. I need to pray that God would give me a mouth that's willing. God, I'm I'm going to just have a mouth that's willing. If there are thoughts that come into my head, I'm going to do those. Uh, and, and I've been even, as your pastor, been trying to do that. So last um, Saturday night when we were having the service, in the middle of the service, all of a sudden God said, go get the chains. And I'm like, God, why do I need to get the chains? Because we were going to sing that song, No Longer a Slave to Fear. And I was like, and we started singing that song. God said, the chains are in the baptistry. Go get them. And I was like, oh, God, I'll be just grandstanding. I can't do that. But the voice was loud enough that I had to be willing to open my mouth to boldly speak what he told me to say. Here, but out there. 
That's what Paul is praying for. He says, I, I, I want my mouth always to be willing to be bold. Always to be willing to speak. Always to be willing to speak of what I know and what's important to me. Now, I know there are a couple people in this room that football is important to. And I've hung around with them. And they're willing to be bold about the teams they love. I, I know there's a couple of Yankee fans in this room somewhere. And I, I, I've, I've, I've talked to them and... And, and they're willing to be bold about that. I, I've watched some of you try miracle products in your life and, and decide that maybe you're going to sell those products. And, and I know more about solar than I ever thought I ever would before because Jeff feels boldly about solar. <laughs> okay. but, but there was a willingness to speak of something that meant something to you. Paul was saying, I always want to be bold in what I say. I want to have the mouth that's willing to be bold. A willing mouth. Not only that, but I want God-given words. I, I, I don't want just a spiel. Have you, have you ever gotten somebody on the phone that's giving you the spiel? You know? Is this Mr. Koenig? Yes. I'd like to talk to you about a wonderful vacation for you. You know, and you're like, and, and you're just trying to interrupt them because you know they're reading this thing as quickly as they can. They're not God-given words. They're just a script. Yes, I think that we need to learn more about our faith. And yes, there are tools that we can use to do it better. But you know what? Some of the best ways that I've ever explained Jesus before is when I just kind of went, okay, God, I have no idea what to say. That's how I was this year when we went to Nicaragua. I had no idea what to say. And they decided that I needed to do door-to-door evangelism. I didn't know what to say. And I had this young man that was trying to explain to me how to share the gospel because he didn't think I knew how. And it was making this 50-some-year-old guy kind of angry. And it was really frustrating because I speak no Spanish. This is my Spanish. Yeah, that's about the extent of it. But then I just started saying, you know what, God? You want to talk to these people, so whatever you put in my mind, that's what he's going to interpret. I had some incredible conversations. I said things I didn't even fathom on saying. I I met the Lord in those moments where I was just willing to say, you know what, God? I am not smart enough to think of many spiritual things. So if something spiritual is inside my head, you probably put it there. I didn't put it there myself. So I just need to somehow say what you put in my head. My mouth has to be willing, but then I have to have this connection. You know, we just sang that song, Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. There is this sense that sometimes we think we're going to do all these great things for God instead of partner in all these great things with God. God, what do you want me to say? How am I supposed to speak into this situation? God, what do you want me to do? How, what am I supposed to do? But so often I'm finding that this is all Paul wanted to do. Now, if you have read through the book of Acts, you realize that when Paul preached the gospel to different groups of people, they were all uniquely different. He didn't have a spiel. He didn't have just certain words that he was trying to say to all of them. Every single group, he would pick these unique things. Every year when I speak to the Iron Men at the end of, 
our iron prayer. I pray, God, give me some unique words. Give me a unique way to speak the truth to these people this year in a way that I never have before. And I found that every year God gives me this unique message and usually two or one or two of them will come up and say, wow, that just really hit the spot this year. It's not a spiel. It's not just making sure I get the script out. It's saying, God, what do you want me to say? We need this not just in the area of our witnessing. We need this in parenting. We need this in the area of our relationship with our spouse. We need this in the area of our relationship with our boss just day to day. What do you want me to say? People come up all the time and they're asking questions. And we're interacting with people. And there are a lot of the times, if we're really honest, we just want to throw our hands up in the air because we have no clue what we should say in that situation. But God, give me a willing mouth, and you're going to give me the words to say. One of our, our volunteers is a guy named Evans. He's the worship pastor that comes up from Georgia, and he got to do something special this year. He got to work with the live feed people sitting in a boat and spotting all of the swimmers as they were in the swim. Uh, It was like you put them in a candy shop. He was so excited about this. And basically all he did was shoot little videos and take pictures of the people and give them information. And he said, it's really interesting because I found out that a newscaster is just somebody that can listen to whatever is happening in his ear well. It's not that they're brilliant to know about everything. There's always somebody talking into their ear, and then they're saying it out loud. That's what we're supposed to be. That's what a Christian is supposed to be. It's not like, I am supposed to do this on my own. It's like, God, I got this. You know, I, I got this great track here, God. I got it for you. Okay? Okay? No, it's not that these tools aren't great and they're not important. And you know, I, I say that they are. But there is this sense that there is a Holy Spirit teleprompting thing that can go on. And you need that as much for your relationship with the Lord as they need it for the relationship you're trying to help them find in the Lord. That's why in Philemon verse 6 it says, I pray that you will be active in sharing your faith so that you will know every good thing that you have in Christ. There's a part of the reality is, and it doesn't make any sense in this world of education because we think in this world, if we educate people enough, they'll make good decisions, right? That's what the world teaches. The more you know, you know, and and I, I sit in groups all the time, and they'll go, well, if we just can inform the public better, They'll do this better. No, they won't. But we can buy into that educational model as believers, and it's not true. God wants to take what little you know and expand it by your willingness to just open your mouth, and all of a sudden, in the middle of it, you're going to go, huh, I never thought of that myself. All of a sudden, he's going to connect some dots so that you know him better if you're willing to just go with the words in the Holy Spirit teleprompter. That's what he's calling us to do. So it's God-given words, and it's a marvelous mystery. That's what he called it. Boldly proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Now, we spent a lot of weeks on this, and we talked about all the different parts of grace. 
And I think that as he was speaking of this, he was going back to the beginning when he, when he was explaining to him the different parts of grace, like, you used to be this, but now you're this. Remember when he talked about that in the book of, the, of Ephesians? Or he talked about, we once were not included because we were Gentiles, but now we're included. There's all these great mysteries and benefits and joys that are a part of the grace that we have in Christ. And he wants them to boldly proclaim he wants to make sure that we've completely bought into the message. Sometimes we're so timid in our faith that I think people wonder if we've really bought in. Well, you know, it kind of works for me, but I don't know if you'd really want it, and I, I don't want to really bother you, and you know, and on and on and on it goes. And we, we unsell things to people. I, I sold clothes when I was a teenager. I didn't know very much about what I was selling. But I was passionate about the fact that I thought people didn't dress very well and they needed better clothes. And people would ask me questions about, well, why would you want to buy this kind of thing? And I wouldn't know what I was talking about at all, but I was passionate. And I sold a lot of clothes. That and the fact that I could look at a guy and I could tell what size he was, which was amazing because guys would come up to me all the time and I'd go, they'd go, my wife's over shopping in the ladies' department. I think I might need a new pair of pants. Okay. What size do you think I are? Well, I've been a 36 since high school. And I pull him the 42s, and he'd put them on, and he'd go, these fit great. And I'd go, they sure do. <laughs> See, we've got to be passionate about this message. That's why Paul spent three chapters of the six in the book of Ephesians just, just delineating all the details, how incredible this grace is that is ours. And the more we understand of how incredible it is, the faith that we have, and it's one of the reasons I so appreciate the music that Charlie picks for us, because it talks about the incredible greatness of this grace that is ours. But every day when we learn just a little bit more of how really saved we are, it makes it a little easier to tell other people about how much they need Jesus. And every day we get a little bit more blown away by the fact, no, you don't understand how big a mess I really am and how amazing it is that God saves me. But it's a marvelous mystery that once we were not this, but now we are. We're told to put off this and we're told to put on this. Why? Because we are children of light and children of God. We are blessed of the Lord. And so we need to tell them about the mystery. You know, a lot of people will say the most important thing to do is to tell them your story. Well, I think that in some respect that's true, but more important than telling your story is then to know the incredible story of the cross. We, we, we should never get over the story of the cross. The fact that God had every right to condemn us forever. Condemn us because of the decisions we make. And yet Jesus Christ came and he took the punishment for our sin. So that if we ask him to be our personal savior, we can have eternal relationship with the Father. You see, even today, there might be some of you that have kind of danced around this message, maybe even for years, but you've never accepted this message yourself. It doesn't matter what family you come from. It doesn't matter how much better you are than everybody else you know at work. You need a Savior. 
to make a difference in your heart. And that's why Jesus Christ came and he died on the cross. So to this day, when, Jesus, when God looks down at me because I asked Jesus to be my personal Savior, he always sees Jesus' righteousness and not mine. Because even though God has given me the power to live more holy every day, I still fall so very short of God's holiness. But the cross gave me the gift of something that was not my own. That's that armor that I wear that was a gift from him. So it's a marvelous ministry. I love this part, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. He's saying, I ought to speak boldly because this message is so incredible, and I'm going to see myself in a unique way. The word ambassador didn't usually go with chains. And yet we have to decide what we represent and what's important to us. That's why I put a blank here. An ambassador in blank. What are you an ambassador in? When I came here several years ago, I began praying around your community, our community. And God just broke my heart for Main Street, for the business owners and the dishwashers and and the the ladies that are aren't in church today i was watching them i I stepped out for just a second they're making beds over right next door here that's why they're not in church today to all these people at all these different levels and god told me he says i want you to be an ambassador to main street and i know that that's my job and God continues to work miracles. So I sat at a table because I am this volunteer coordinator for the International Children's Games. I sat with people that I've heard about in our community, but I've never met. But now all of a sudden, they are my peers and we're on the same team for something. You think I'm there just so we can have a good International Children's Games? You think that's what God's heart is in that? No. God took me there because I'm an ambassador of Main Street and he is building me into the fabric of all the different kinds of people on Main Street. Some names I never thought I'd meet. Names that you just hear. You know? I I have a personal goal now. There are a group of people that own quite a few restaurants uptown. We just call them the Bosnians. But they have names. And Jesus wants their names in the Lamb's Book of Life. And so my goal now is to know them all personally. Instead of as the Bosnians. And you'd all laugh, but you know that's what they call them. Yeah, 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 the Bosnians, they own that. The Bosnians are putting in a restaurant right next to us right now. God is calling us all to be an ambassador to something that he has uniquely made us. So Paul took a look at his circumstances and instead of going, I was serving Jesus and now I'm in jail. No, he saw himself as, I'm going to represent. This is where you put me. I'm going to do this well. I'm going to be your ambassador in chains. I'm going to represent So where has God called you to be an ambassador? I know, for me, it's on Main Street. That's where I'm supposed to be an ambassador. That's where I 
take my walks and where I pray for business owners. But where has God called you to be the ambassador or the chaplain or whatever of? You see, God has called each one of us to unique places. And we could almost start taking and circle each one of those little places of little different geographical areas in our town. And it would be very interesting to you that God has made you all ambassadors of a different thing. And so somehow, in the midst of all of us, he's working this miracle where we're covering most of our town. Because of where he's called you to be an ambassador. But maybe you're like me and you struggle and sometimes I'm a reluctant ambassador. You know, when I get to know people, I can be pretty gregarious. But when I don't know people, sometimes I'm kind of shy. I don't think Paul was always a gregarious person. Some say that he was short and that he was nearsighted and that he struggled. God called him to be his first ambassador to the world. My father-in-law worked for the CIA his whole adult life, but do you know what he said he did his whole adult life? He says, I am a government-funded missionary to the world. And he lived in all different places all over the world. And sometimes he worked alongside missionaries. Sometimes he'd end up in a chapel in, a, in an, an air force or an army base that none of the chaplains really knew who Jesus was. But he'd say, can I teach a Sunday school class? And they'd go, oh, okay, sure, whatever. And he'd say, can I bring in my own curriculum? And so he'd bring in good Christian curriculum. And he would teach Sunday school to the kids. So they might not be hearing anything during chapel, but they were hearing a lot of good stuff during Sunday school. Why? Because he was an ambassador funded by the government. See, he knew what he was. And so every one of us needs to know who we are. And we need to stop using our circumstances as the reason why, because sometimes I can do that. I can go, well, you know, in a more ideal world, when circumstances change so they're more like this, then I can freely speak. But right now, it's probably just best for me to keep my mouth shut. The Holy Spirit wouldn't teleprompt anything here. We're out of coverage. We're out of range. God is calling every one of us to somehow be an ambassador. Because somehow, just like Paul had these things that he wanted us to pray for him, I think that we need to pray this for us. God, help me to be bold in my witness. Help me to have a mouth that's willing to speak for you, that's willing to to use the God-given words that you've given me, that has a clear understanding as never before of how marvelous grace is. There's an old song that called Marvelous Grace. Remember that one? Marvelous Grace, infinite grace, greater that is greater than all my sins. Uh, help me to understand this message as never before. And then help me understand where I'm supposed to represent you. Some of you are school teachers in this room and you are called to be ambassadors to your school. 
So some of you are janitors and, and, and you work in different places and God is calling you to be a janitor. Some of you uh, work in construction and God is calling you to be an ambassador to Curtis Lumber and to all the different people that need a new bathroom. God is calling each one of us to these unique places and he's making us an ambassador. I, I don't know if we should get little pins made so we can wear them around. Probably not. But at least in our minds, we need to know that God has called us into whatever circumstances we live in so that we can make an eternal difference for the kingdom of God. That's why we're there. That's why God would take a kid from North Dakota. So I was talking to Evans one day, and he says, I just crack up listening to you. How did a kid from North Dakota end up sitting down with the owners of Crown Plaza to be on a committee so that there can be an international children's game? I said, I don't know. But because teams come like they come every summer, we get some unique opportunities in our little community. But this is what God is calling, and this should be our prayers. We need to pray that we'd have a willing mouth, that we would have God-given words, that we'd understand the marvelous ministry that grace is, and we'd understand where God has called us, uniquely created our circumstances so we can stand as a representative and ambassador for him uniquely like nobody else can. There's an old song that I learned when I was a kid, and it was called This Little Light of Mine. I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bush? Oh, no. I'm going to let it shine. God is calling us to be his lighthouses in the world, his ambassadors. So what's your title? What is God calling you to? What can you uniquely do that only you can do? How do you need to make this prayer of Paul a prayer for yourself? Because quite honestly, I haven't had many people say, God, Pastor Jim, would you just pray that I would take every opportunity that I could to share Jesus? I don't hear that one very often. And yet that was the first thing that was on Paul's mouth. For himself. Let's pray. As we begin this prayer, God is going to begin once again showing you the circumstances and geography of your life where maybe He has called you to be an ambassador for Him. What is your title, the unique place that God is calling you to make a difference in His kingdom? Talk to him about the words in your life that stand in the way of the word bold. It's twice in this passage he said that he wanted to boldly proclaim the mystery. Pray that I would be bold. What word have you substituted for bold in your Christian experience right now?
Dear God, I pray for us today. I pray that you would help us to be better ambassadors for you. That we'd become more confident in that still voice that speaks inside of us and gives us the words to say in situations that we're in. God, that we would be more blown away by the gospel and the gift of eternal life that your Son has given us. And then, God, we would be great ambassadors, chaplains for you. Amen. You know, this message could have made one assumption, and that assumption is that everybody here has a relationship with Jesus Christ. But I've got to make one caveat here just for a second. If you have not asked Jesus Christ to be your personal Savior, if you've not accepted the gift of the cross of Jesus taking the punishment for your sin, then you can't be an ambassador. You have to receive the gift. You have to begin that relationship. There has to be some point in your life where you realize that something changed. It was a change point in your life when you humbled yourself, you surrendered, and you asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior. If you've never done that, you could do that today. You could ask Him to be your personal Savior. It's as as simple as a prayer or something like this. It says, Dear Jesus, please forgive me for my sins. Thank you for taking the punishment for them on the cross for me. I ask you to be my Savior because I cannot save myself. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Simple words like that, said in a prayer to the Lord, began a relationship with you for Jesus. If you haven't done that, this could be your day. You could begin your relationship with Jesus today. And if you are a person that does that, there's little yellow cards, and I would love for you to X off, I began my relationship with Jesus today so that we can help you in the next steps that you need to take in having that relationship. You see, the Christian life is pretty simple. Either you need to trust Jesus for the first time, or you need to trust him more today than you did yesterday. That's how simple it is. It's a growing relationship with a God that wants a personal relationship with you. That's something you haven't done. I encourage you to do that. Let's stand together. I'm going to ask the guys to, to play, and I'm going to ask the prayer counselors to come up. If there's anything we can pray for you today, we would be honored to do that as we close our service together. <laughs>